Not heard the latest about pooping prime ministers? What podcast have you been listening to? Because it definitely isn't the Totally Buzz podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and totallybuzz.co.uk. So what are you waiting for? Tune in now to hear all the latest news from around the web on the Totally Buzzed podcast, the only place to be totes buzzed. Football beef! Disclaimer, the following is an opinion-based podcast. Hello and welcome to Football Beef's Premier League monthly recap. I'm your host Laura and I'm joined by Daniel the Devil Jones. How are you doing Daniel? I'm really good, I'm excited for this episode. And I'm joined for his first Premier League monthly recap of the season by John the Geordie Messiah Squires. How are you doing? How are you? I am, I am fantastic, ready to get started. It was a great, great month of Premier League football, so I'm ready to talk about it. Well, seeing as you think it's a great month, we might as well touch on the elephant in the room here and just start with how good Newcastle have been in the last month, how everything's going Eddie Howe's way, pretty much. Do you want to sum that up as a season ticket holder, how you're feeling? Do you know what? It's So it's pretty much been a year since the takeover. Well, it's been just over a year since the takeover. And I had a season ticket last year watching Newcastle under Steve Bruce. And it's night and day, the difference. And I mean, you know, you can you can say the money and all that. And we have we have spent a bit of money on players. But there's players that have been at the club since, since you know, even before Steve Bruce came in. And obviously got kind of managed by Steve Bruce. But they look completely different players under Eddie Howe. Almiron looks a completely different player. You know, Fabian Shaw's a colossus at the back with Botman. So yeah, I think it's it's a very it's a very exciting time to be a Newcastle fan and a season ticket holder. And it's weird looking forward to going to games again compared to sort of the first six months of last year where it was up, oh, gotta go to the match. But now it's like I'm I'm looking forward to going to every game now. Would you say your expectations have changed as this month has gone on? Well, you know, you've seen more action now. Top six is more realistic for you? Are you still just on the top eight? Because I know you're a bit hesitant to push at the start of the season in your preseason predictions. Yeah, I, I don't know because I haven't we've played like three of the top teams this year. And I mean, we've only lost to one of them, but obviously we've still got the other to play and I think it'll depend on how those results go but you know we're, we're in a good place it's nice just to be not worrying about relegation to be perfectly honest Must top six nice. top six I'd love top eight it's still a nice way to sort of finish the season but I think from the start we've had I think a lot of the players will probably want European football even if they're not saying it even if the manager's not saying it I think secretly they're kind of sort of thinking you know we can we can upset that that top six top seven set of teams yeah we'll see where we are in a few months time Daniel as someone who supports one of those top six or seven teams in Man United. Do you look at Newcastle as a contender, as a threat, or do you see them as being currently better than United? Which United is better? Um, I think it's a really good question, actually. I Well, for one, I think I'm obviously, I'm a little bit surprised with how well Newcastle have done, especially as obviously they got bought out a year ago. There's talk that there's absolute mega money to spend, and they were being touted with some really big names. I don't really feel like they've bought their position at the moment if I'm honest, they they had an okay summer. I think they probably overspent on Alexander Isaac and it's a it's a shame we're not getting to see what he can do really because of the injury. Obviously, I think he's he only played three games but ended up scoring in two of them. So when he comes back, I think that's going to be a real big boost to them and they could be the team that's going to nick Liverpool's European spot this year. I think it's probably still a little bit too early to say at the moment, but if I was a Newcastle fan, I would be very, very happy with what's going on so far. Is there anyone in particular that you want to highlight from Newcastle because you touched on Almiron but Daniel I think you were talking about Almiron before the podcast Squeeze, you said you've been impressed as someone because we normally hear a lot of chat about Almiron ever since he signed 
he hasn't delivered at Newcastle. You know, they broke. It was a transfer record fee, wasn't it, Squiggy, when Newcastle signed him? Yeah, he was record when we when we signed him, and he came in to that to that Rafa team, and he may not have had sort of the impact, sort of on paper with goals and assists, but you could see that Newcastle team that second half of the season under Rafa kind of going places with the front three, and Almiron was part of that front three, and then unfortunately he got Steve Bruce. Yeah, got- I would I would go along with that as well. Obviously, when he when he came in, he he had some little moments where you could see a player in there, but then I'd also probably highlight the fact that Newcastle United as a whole have grown they've got a better team than they had under Rafa now and he's playing with better players in and around him so I I see why he's had this progression that he has for me I think he's been their best player this season they've still got other players there that are doing fantastic things but yeah no Miggy for me is the one at the moment I'm not a huge fan of him but what an outstanding talent he's been didn't know Jack Grealish had joined the podcast but (laughs) as we touched on Newcastle United there I think it's only fair Daniel we can touch on Manchester United how you feel because the last time we went in the podcast it was a little bit doom and gloom for you it's been better there's been more positives I would say oh there's been positives without a doubt I think um obviously seeing the partnership between Varane and Martinez is an absolute massive plus it's something we really need to see uh which also means the exclusion of Maguire which is something we all needed to see across the team I, I still don't see that we are a massive goal threat I think if you look across in the the top half of the table only next to Bournemouth I think we're second lowest in the top 10 on goals scored I don't really see where our goals are coming from this season so far Rashford is our top scorer Martial uh, injury concerns basically uh, yeah, yeah, you've got the Martial concerns. Obviously, I think he's flattered to deceive. He scored two in one, and that's bumped his numbers up a little bit. He's not one of those players that's going to consistently deliver every week. I think, obviously, the goal threat from Anthony, he's looked really good, scored in his first three Premier League games. I do feel that their loss to Man City the other week was a massive step back. I think if they'd have got a point out of that game, they could have really said, OK, we're doing something here. We've got a real chance for Europe this season. But as it stands, I, I still am quietly confident that we can get some European football this season. Well, that's going to lead into the team we need to touch on because it's been an eventful month for multiple reasons. A team that wants the European football, has had football, European football consistently for a while now. But Daniel alluded to them earlier that he doesn't think they get European football. Shall we talk about Liverpool on the back of beating Man City, the team that Man United couldn't get a draw against? Got hammered against, really. No offence. Uh, no, none taken. It was a dominant game. It was generally disappointing. Like, I couldn't think of a way to soften the blow for the Manchester derby. How did uh, Man United-Liverpool go? Let's let's not talk about that. Well, I think <laughs> play, playground rules were probably the best team in the league, no? Because... Yeah, it is that same logic. And then it's also know... like... So and so beat, but that's the Premier League with the little cycle go- going down. But let's let's just focus on Liverpool here. I won't take more shade at Man United. So Liverpool, they're in a real bad place at the moment. Obviously, they had a very scrappy win today, which uh, you know the sign of a great team is the teams that can still still get a win, whether it looks ugly or pretty, it doesn't really matter as long as you get the three points on the board. But they're in turmoil at the moment, and I don't see a way out of it. I think the fact that Klopp has resorted to talking about other teams' spend. There's um, no fucking ceiling, am I right? <laughs> exactly that. And I just I'm I'm looking at it going, where are you guys going? I don't I don't really know. And obviously they gave Salah the big contract. It looks like he's retired since. They've signed I from his goal against Man City, which was a nice goal. Well they nice signed goal. Fabio from Fulham. 
don't really mm. see what he's done. He's he came on a couple of times at the start of the season. Got a got a winner against some team in black and white. Yeah, but I mean, most can do that. It's just it's one of those things. So praiseworthy to Newcastle. The next thing you know, get out of my sight, black. Yeah, and white most team. most teams have scored ninety eighth minute winner against Newcastle. If only. Yeah, <laughs> I don't Continue. know. But he is he. I will say I will you know defend Fabio to the end, but because. He is a star, but he shouldn't be the guy that you're looking to to do big things. The fact he's actually got a 90-minute winner for Liverpool this season is more than most people predicted because he is young. On his birthday as well, wasn't it? If I remember yeah. correctly, yeah. It was a great uh, day for all involved. Yeah, it was, yeah. Apart from Squiggy and yeah. Newcastle. By time. Liverpool aren't really losing many games at the moment, but it's just all the draws, and we've seen how much that can affect, that, that can affect the sides and... Whether they can actually get European football this season is a big doubt. It's a it's a huge doubt more this season than any other. I'd say. Craig, do you feel the same about Liverpool? Are you feeling like, or you got that in your head that Liverpool will come good? Everything click. It's injuries. It's circumstances. It's just you know a slow I'd, start. I generally think it's just been a slow start. Obviously, injuries haven't helped, but I I think there's been signs that like Liverpool are sort of. They are playing football, but not getting the results. And I think it's mainly come down to their defence more than anything. You know, you concede the first goal in, what, 10 of your last 12 games or something like that. You're giving yourself an uphill battle, no matter which team you are, whether you're sort of Man City, Liverpool, or like a bottom team, like Leicester sort of thing, no matter what, you concede the first goal, it's an uphill battle. And I think if Liverpool can cut that out, obviously they cut it out against Man City. And I think maybe that that wins kind of what they needed, just so... You know, sort of the players to think, you know what, we're actually, we're not bad players, we're not out of form. Defensively, we are sound. And Salah's goal was great. Salah looked really good in that game, to be perfectly honest. So I think they'll be fine. Whether they're going to get sort of, you know, top, whether they're going to break, like be top two as per usual, I don't think so. But I kind of, I'm just waiting for one of the, the three London clubs to sort of mess up a little bit. And I think that's when Liverpool will kind of come in and take advantage because Liverpool seem to have this knack of just going on a streak of winning games. It was basically and when they saved themselves before and got fourth even with Alisson scoring. Even last season, obviously, the title race was really close, but Liverpool were out of it at one point. They were well out of it. And then they just kept winning and winning and winning, basically. And I think they'll do that again this year at some point. Something will just click. They'll get a couple of players back from injury and they'll just they'll just go on that, that kind of run. Sorry, if I may, though, who who obviously only six can get into Europe who is making way for Liverpool if they do have this run that you speak well, of this is this is why I said it's just it's a case of one of the one of the London clubs messing up whether whether Arsenal fall away I don't think they will I think they've had too good of a, a start of the season to even fall out of that top but four you, now but you're talking a 14 point swing yeah so, yeah I just I can't I really know but again happen. you know the title race last year Man City were how many points clear of Liverpool at one point oh absolutely I get that but yeah. then don't forget this is not the first time we've seen Liverpool do this um we've yeah. seen them completely capitulate twice before when they finished second third and then the following season they finished or seventh or eighth there is Uh, also another factor to consider with this there's a world cup and we don't know how that's going to affect with the break and who gets rested and stuff so that could end up shaking up the league yeah i I kind of think that if liverpool can get to sort of the world cup and be in that top six and it'll it'll probably will mean newcastle drop out as much as i don't want that to happen it probably will mean newcastle will drop out of that top six by the world cup and i think if liverpool are in that top six before that break and then i think after the break depending who goes i don't know how many players they're gonna lose i know one that one they're not the egyptian king yeah that's what i mean so like salah's not going so he's got like like they were saying about Haaland at Man City he's got a full preseason again basically to kind of get back well for Salah to get back in form so yeah I, I think 
if they're in the top six after the World Cup, I think top four will be fine for them. I'm not really sure which team will drop out. I know Chelsea have looked, have looked okay under Potter. Tottenham, obviously, they play a very boring football under Conte, but they just don't get beat. So it, it's a tough ask for them. But again, if there's a team that can do it based on kind of recent history, it probably is Liverpool. I was going to just say there's two Liverpool players we probably should touch on because they've had eventful months in themselves. Just looking at them, Trent Alexander-Arnold, how are we feeling? Because, you know, he's, his form hasn't been great. Has he been a part of the problem at Liverpool? Is it just confidence? Is it being exposed for his frailties of his game? Is he being targeted in games? Which is what some pundits like to say for some reason. I think people have worked out that he's very good going forward, but he's not very good defensively. And I think, I'm not going to say teams have worked that out because I think it's been quite obvious for some time, but I think a lot of teams now, their strength is sort of attacking certain flanks. And I think they've kind of picked on Trent a little bit and attacked down that side. And it's exposed them. But again, I don't think the midfield have helped because I don't think they've sort of dropped into cover him very well. So he's, he's being left exposed by his own team, but it's also kind of exposed his own deficiencies in his game as well. I think and it's been highlighted a lot more because a lot of it seems to come down that side of the pitch. Daniel, any opinion on Trent? Yeah, no, I would concur with uh, what Squiggy just said that he has been exposed by his own team, but there's also a, a gaping hole and I don't quite know why Klopp hasn't figured it out yet in terms of obviously Trent is not a very good defender. We've seen it for the last few years. He's just not very good at defending, but why not play him up the pitch? You've they've they've got money there. They they've been talking about spending money again this January, potentially even in the summer. To me it makes sense. All these right backs that are being sniffed around the uh Dumfries from Inter, so on and so forth, why not get in a starting right back that can take that role and give Trent the freedom that he wants further up the pitch where he can probably change games a little bit more if he's not having to do those defensive duties as well it's such a no-brainer for me and I, I would say probably a lot of football fans as well it doesn't make any sense he's he's not a defender he's a winger play him on the wing because we know when it comes to putting balls in the box he can do it it's it's quite a simple move for me and the other Liverpool player we should probably talk on that I think a lot of football fans will have opinions on Darwin Nunes obviously we're a little bit into his life now at Anfield Daniel, what have you made of Darwin Nunes? I know we're saying this on the back of the Man City game where he probably made the worst decision not to pass that I've ever seen in Premier League in recent months. I want to I, say history, but I don't want to be that mad, but I'm just coming on the back of it so it feels quite irrational. I don't know. I think there was obviously a lot of talk coming into the into the season that Man City had signed Haaland. Uh, Liverpool had done the same thing in signing Nunes. It's just not worked out like that. I think, obviously, you could talk about the feet. I mean, it looks at this time a waste of money. He hasn't hit the ground running. It doesn't look like he knows what he's particularly doing in that team. I don't know if Liverpool know how to play to his strengths. I've not seen anything particularly that I've gone, oh, he actually looks like he's got something about him at this stage. And I think, you know, we're 10 games into the season, nine for Liverpool, but he needs to do something and very quickly. Otherwise, I I think Liverpool are going to be scratching their heads looking for the receipt. It's a weird one. I'm kind of getting Salah to Chelsea vibes, if that makes sense. But again, you know, you, you don't score goals in the Champions League if you're not good enough. And, you know, he scored plenty of goals for Benfica in the Champions League. But we were, well, I say we were linked with them. There was talk about us going in for him when Liverpool did. So I've kind of seen quite a few sort of breakdowns of his strengths and his weaknesses and everything. I'm not really sure if he's the kind of player that fits in to that Liverpool front three. I just don't think he's got the ability to be able to sort of drift around a bit like, you know, a bit like Mane did, who he's kind of, I'm going to say, he's replacing. You know, Mane could pop up on the left, on the right, through the middle, and he could do it. But I don't think Nunes can. I don't think he's got the football and brain at the minute to do that. But again, he's only young. Is it too early for him to be at Liverpool? Did Liverpool act to sign him? 
because they lost Mane and thought we need to get a replacement in, knowing that maybe we're going to sign Nunes maybe next year, but maybe they push that forward by a year because I don't, I don't think he's ready, but I don't think there's doubt that there's, there's talent there because you know you don't like I said you don't score goals in the Champions League without having a bit of talent and something about you. From yeah. what you've seen of Isaac, sorry to interrupt, but from I what should... you've seen of Isaac so far though. Given the choice right now, if you could do a swap, would you swap Isaac for Nunes? Probably not, no. I think I think Isaac, sorry to bring it back to Newcastle, I just think Isaac seems to have a little bit more awareness so that if, you know, if Isaac's going to make that run into the channel, which Nunes has done, he knows what he's going to do when he gets that ball, whereas I think Nunes seems to sort of maybe take a little bit too long, but he can beat a man, as he, as we saw against Man City. You know, he dribbled past a couple of players, but he doesn't seem to know what to do when he's done that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he looks lively and hungry is basically the biggest compliment I can give him, and then everything else afterwards. Yeah, but again, he, he it, might it need time, come. you know, like, like Salah went to Chelsea, and Salah didn't really do that much at Chelsea, did he really? And then he went away, and then came to Liverpool, and obviously he's been a, you know, completely different player at Liverpool compared to what he was at Chelsea, so maybe, maybe he just needs a season or two until the system fits him because it's like maybe an evolution is coming at Liverpool yeah. and people yeah. are going and it's going a bit to like when people said sort of Thiago doesn't fit into that Liverpool midfield Give I'm still not I'm still not convinced but again Give it time. And He's I think, fitting better than he did, yeah, I would yeah. say. There's definitely more of a, oh, I see what you're going on about with Thiago now. Yeah. And again, just just give it time. He can, he's, only, he's only young, isn't he? So, hey, yeah. Thiago? No. No, not Thiago. Thiago is not young. I was like, dinosaur. You can't give him too much time. He had to probably hit the ground running a bit quicker if you didn't want any criticism because it's not like yeah. you go, oh, we've got Thiago time. time he'll, he'll retire. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to fit in we'll move on to a couple of London clubs we should touch on instance maybe we should talk about the league leaders Arsenal and I'm just going to probably put this stat out there that I have seen on social media that Arsenal are the sixth team to take 27 or more points from their open in 10 games and then there's a list of the other teams that have done it and only one of them didn't go on to win the title that season and that being Newcastle 95 I knew, I knew that was who it was going to be I just knew it it always is. We were discussing before the podcast, me and Daniel, that if there's a stat like this, it's normally the answer is Kevin Keegan's entertainers, Newcastle. Yeah. So, but how are we feeling about, are we feeling like Newcastle are genuine title contender? Because before when they were like top, it was like, okay, yeah, they're slip. Let's have them, you know, top at Christmas, top at November, you know. It, like when you let that that one kid enjoy himself before you're like right i'm gonna i'm gonna play properly on fifa now yeah that sort of energy people seem to be like okay yeah you're up there good good job arsenal yeah, well when, done. When you, yeah when you get a real game we'll see how you are and that but you know they won the north london derby and spurs were flying high they're a tough cookie to beat with conte so are we taking arsenal seriously now as title contenders daniel well i think we would have to go back to the last episode that we done when i completely wrote them off and said you know i don't see them even getting european football this season or if they do they're going to struggle for it <laughs> well straight off the back of that episode we as united went and beat them pretty convincingly it was a good game and i thought well that's this has kind of proved my point but I think, like you say, the fact that they've they've beat Tottenham, that's a huge three points. Saka, at the moment, is just playing unbelievable football. And I think he needs to be protected at all costs because uh, they've got a really special player in there. I think the Arsenal team have come really together well. Arteta's doing a great job with them. We saw from the All or Nothing series, despite it being a slightly different team, he really knows how to get the best out of his players. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to man-manage them. And I think Arsenal should be very proud of where they are. I, I, I don't think they're going to win the league. I would stand by my guns on that one. But I think they're surprising quite a few people. They're not, they're not playing the most sexiest football they're not getting the real attractive wins, but they're they're winning games, and that's all that really matters. Would you 
ease up on maybe they might get into Europe? Because obviously you were a little bit even doubting there. I think if they do, I would probably put them in the fourth spot. I, I still I still think it's City's league this year. I think um, I don't see as anyone's really stopping them, especially as you touched on earlier with Haaland not going to the World Cup. I think, you know, the few weeks that he's going to have off, he's going to be absolutely bubbling over, just waiting to to smash every single team that he plays after that. Arsenal don't really have anyone like that. Obviously, Gabby Jesus started off really well for them. By all accounts, he's going to the World Cup. He's going to be playing for Brazil, especially now it looks like Richarlison may miss the World Cup. I just, I, I still don't see that Arsenal have the squad depth to carry this on all season. If they do, fair play to them. But I don't see, I don't see how they can do it. But I'm willing to be proved wrong, I guess. Gwigi, are you... Feeling confident about Arsenal? I kind of agree with what Daniel said, really, that I don't think they're going to win the league. And to be honest, they'll get European football, but I think it's only because of the start they've had. We're kind of, Arsenal seem to be that team where you expect them to suddenly be in a crisis, if you know what I mean. So they'll, like, now they've, what, played 10, won 9 and lost 1, but then suddenly, it could suddenly be they've played 13, won 9 and lost, maths, lost 4. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> you just go, maths. <laughs> Maths. Yeah, yeah, and lost and lost four, and that's the kind of team Arsenal like like Dino touched on in, in that all or nothing last season. You know, they were they were on fire for some games, and suddenly they lost four in a row. They took and all or nothing the title seriously, is what you're both saying. Pretty much, really <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like watching them, obviously the the last Newcastle home game last season was against Arsenal, and we absolutely played them off the park. I don't think they had a single chance, to be perfectly honest. And obviously they lost. I think they lost two games before that as well. But before that, they'd won sort of four or five in a row so I'd be interested to see like I know Arsenal have lost one and they've obviously bounced back and won straight after it but what happens if you know they lose three or four out of out of five or six say and then they miss, lose a couple of players to injury how how are they going to handle that and I think that'll be the the big thing because like Daniel said they don't there's not that much squad depth there you know if, if Saka gets injured if Jesus gets injured you haven't really got anything really I don't think not that I can think of off the top of my head I mean, anyway. it's fair. I think it's the the stand-ins who they do have are like oh he could do a job but I wouldn't want to rely on him because I mean they play their weaker squad in Europe and I see people bigging up players that I didn't know were still there sometimes like I think Reese Nelson did well the other day but that sort of energy I'm like yeah they could do a job but it's a big question mark over all their standings but you would also have to you'd have to draw into um obviously we're only a little way into the season but we're gonna have cup competitions coming up soon obviously the FA Cup the Carabao Cup and so on and so forth are Arsenal going to have the facilities to push for those cups as well? Because they're going to want some silverware. I think in themselves, they probably know that they're not probably they're not going to win the league. I think it's Just... going to be depending where they are when these competitions get oh, underway. Uh, like, absolutely. FA Cup, if they're top in January, they're not going to look at the FA Cup and go, you know what, let's gamble it for a biscuit. No, absolutely. But as I was saying, you look at the fact that, you know, we've got to talk about the World Cup. Saka's going to be in the squad Gabby Jesus is going to be in the Brazil squad. Uh, their team is going to be stripped pretty bare. Um, so it's going to be how they come out of that because we've seen Man City's second team could still play arguably any team in the Premier League and pick up three points. So I just I don't know that we're going to be having the same conversation in two or three months that, that Arsenal are still flying high. Speaking of teams flying high, we probably should touch on Tottenham. Questionable that they don't play very well, but have an amazing squad and get the wins. I mean, that's a promising sign, isn't it? But isn't? <laughs> I mean, you can take this. They don't play well, well but they get points. Yeah, I mean, Squiggy said, oh, they play ugly football and they really do, but they're getting points. And again, 
I think that's all that matters. I think the biggest thing for Spurs this year is keeping Harry Kane fit and getting him on fire because he is in pretty good goal scoring form at the moment. I think the fact that uh, he's eight goals away from Jimmy Greaves' record now, which is something he's going to personally want before he bows out at the end of the season, which I, I mm-hmm. still think is going to happen. I think that's the only reason he's really staying at the moment, just to get the all-time Tottenham record. You don't uh, buy the re- uh, reports that he apparently is willing to discuss a new contract? Do you think that's just seeing what they offer and just keeping his... Yeah, I think he's probably keeping his cards close to his chest at the moment. But while they have him, they've got to they've got to fully capitalise on on what they have. Right now, they're doing really well. I, I would still fancy him for Europa League spot. I don't think they're going to get Champions League because, again, the squad depth isn't really there. But you never know what they're going to do in January as well. Biggie, any rebuttal on that? Are you more comfortable? Because I, I think Tottenham's depth's quite all right in a lot of areas. There's a few areas like their fullbacks where I'm a little bit... Yeah, I think I think the fullbacks is a weak point. And to be honest, I don't I don't rate their defense like their entire defense as a whole. And I'm still not sure how they're not conceding goals. Like I don't I don't rate Dyer at the back, and I don't rate Romero, mm. and I don't really rate their defense at all. And I think if you get at them, you'll get chances. But when they've got a team with you know Son and Kane, it's kind of a front two that kind of always makes you second guess yourself as an opposition team. So. You know, they can play rubbish football, but when you've got those two players going forward, you don't really need anything else. As painful as that is, it's like an opposition fan. They play awful football, but when you've got Harry Kane and Son up front, you know they're, you know they're going to score, they're going to create chances. It's the type of team you could probably dominate against and be like, yeah, we're on top, we can get this, three points, is that we just need to get the goal, and then they go and score twice, and you're like, I don't yeah. know what's just happening. Yeah, like Harry Kane scores a volley <laughs> from the edge of the box or something, and Tottenham are one nil up, and you know they're going to be tough to break down, and you can be on on top but they're gonna to be tough to break down but yeah again squad depth comes into it i think i think i'm not too sure who i still don't know who's gonna get champions league football i think it and i think they'll finish fourth that's what i'm i think they'll get the fourth spot champions league football beautiful we should talk about another team they aren't in contention for a european space but they're having a great time it's bournemouth with the uh post scotty parker glow going on we all uh changing our tunes on bournemouth now daniel do you want to start with you i think bournemouth is surprising quite a lot of a lot of people they've done really well you know they are they are quite leaky but they're grinding out some pretty ugly wins and you know they keep the, at least a draw i think i can't even remember the last time they lost was it liverpool 9-0 i mean th- what a way to bounce back that was back in august so yeah i th- they should be really proud of themselves. I think they, they need to do something with the defence, though, because if they do keep on leaking goals the way they are, you know, I believe they've... Cons- I think they're third from bottom in goals conceded, I want to say. I do think that's enhanced with the 9 nil because it's not often that all nine come in one game. No, and I mean, I get that, but it's moving on from there. I can't remember the last time they had a clean sheet. Maybe it was recently, and I, I just I really can't remember. I think it was the first game after the 9 nil, wasn't it? But if they can keep where they are, if they can get a mid-table finish, I'm sure they would be very, very happy with that. I think they'd take just sitting outside the relegation zone. Yeah, I think think after after losing 9-0 to Liverpool and being where they were, I think they would take finishing 17th. Do you think, Squiggy, this is all due to the post-Parker glow i'm gonna i'm gonna keep saying this because it's a thing it's the post part do you know what the I, team has been bored and drilled to death and i don't think any, leaves, i, I don't think there's anything wrong with scott parker to be perfectly honest i think you you're haven't letting, had to sit for a season Fulham, you said scott parker was the best thing ever a few years ago yeah when, so, when i thought he was doing good and then the handbrake became locked in and we were stuck there and i think ever since then he might have had the handbrakes that oh he's just it's just i think 
because he makes players not play attacking league because he's so cautious. There's cautious than the Scott Parker. I think Bournemouth are benefiting from the being told you're not good enough, super cautious. And a lot of their players have got like this freedom to go attack, like Billing, who's now playing way up the pitch compared to where he was on the park. I think, I think that's what it is. I think people enjoy their football and that's the post-Parker glow. Thank you. Fair. I think they've done well since then. Obviously, the... We drew one one with them at home. I mean we were, were the better team by far, but we just couldn't we just couldn't score. Basically we had twenty shots, just couldn't score. We scored one and it was a penalty. So yeah, I think I think there's some resilience there in sort of they're in like their back four and their, their midfield sort of just, you know, throwing themselves at everything to try and to try and stay in the division, really. And I think that should just be the end, finishing seventeenth and then seeing where you can go from there next season. But again, the teams who they're kind of teams who they're kind of above are teams that you would expect to start picking up points soon. You know, like West Ham are eighteenth and I'd expect West Ham to start picking up points soon. So that's another team sort of that I think would go above them against Southampton, Villa, Palace, Wolves. Everton, they're kind of all the teams below them. Are they worse teams than Bournemouth? It's interesting, though. We should talk about Brentford because they're doing pretty damn well. I think probably a lot better than a lot of people thought they would as well. I, I know for one that I had them down fighting for relegation. You know, only a minute ago, we were waxing lyrical about Harry Kane and how he's on his amazing form and everything. But at the same time, you would also have to take a look over at Ivan Tony as well. Kid is playing absolutely out of his skin. I think he's the third top scorer in the league at the moment on eight goals. It it does make me wonder whether he's potentially playing for a move. I know there are quite a few teams sniffing. I just think relegation this season is like nine or ten teams. I think it's the literally the bottom half of the table, especially still now. There's no one I'm ruling out particularly. You can say Brentford with Tony, but what if Tony gets injured? It's that sort of energy. Fulham, if Tony, if Tony goes to the World Cup and gets injured at the World Cup or obviously plays a lot, I mean, I don't think he will, but if it just takes, like, the travel just takes it out of him a little bit and everything and he comes back and he doesn't really fire. But yeah, Brent, Brentford are doing really well. I don't, you know, I've seen them twice since they've come to the Premier League. Saw them uh, last season when we drew 3-3 and saw them, obviously, when we beat them 5-1. I don't really rate them at all. They never turn up against Newcastle. I don't know what it yeah, is. I, I don't, I don't, like that I don't understand how... From the t- I mean, it's only two games that I've seen, but obviously I've seen the full 90 minutes and I don't understand how this team are in ninth place. Like we we put five past them and didn't even get out of second gear. And we're not, you know, we're not Man City with Haaland up front sort of thing. But then the week after they go and win 2-0 against Brighton. I just think and, it's so open at the bottom. Brighton I think... played, you know, Brighton couldn't break them down at all. They're just a, they're a weird team, which is why I think they'll be safe because they'll pick up some weird results as well as being on the end of some weird results as well. I think that's where they have to think they're not safe, though, because I think there's a lot of teams like that this season, because we're going to touch about one that's probably maybe an outlier in a minute, but if you look at the team like Brentford, you know, pick up points, you're like, they're cool, they're fine. Like, Fulham will pick up points, you'll think, oh, they're fine, and then they'll go, you know, do something awful. And then you'll look at Southampton, they pick up points where you don't expect them to, all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, it's not Southampton. I think think Brentford is... Brentford get beat one week and then they look it's a like, completely different team the next week. So they remind me of Leeds. I don't yeah, know what, but it's the Leeds energy about them results right. wise. But that's why I think they'll be okay because you know we we smashed them five one and then they won two nil the week after and they the looked a very good, well organized team in the two nil, but not in the five one. So you know next week they could get beat two nil, but then I'd suddenly go, oh, they're going to go off and win two or three nil, you know, the next week. And I think that's why they'll be okay because they'll be very inconsistent, but they're 
inconsistencies, they'll keep them up because they'll score they'll score enough goals to get enough points. Makes sense. I just think it also it's just a lot of we're in early stages, so it's a lot of teams up yeah. and out. You like we don't know where it's there's so many teams that feel like that right now. But I was gonna say there's one team that is gonna be hard to talk positives about and we're gonna go to Daniel for this. You wanna talk about some tricky trees in Nottingham Forest and how life is still not going great for them. I mean, what are they? doing i genuinely i i don't i don't get it i i don't understand nottingham forest at the moment i just they, they just signed way too many players that have never played together before they just they didn't know what they were doing and the fact that they're losing to, like i think then they lose four nil to leicester and leicester are just absolutely atrocious at the moment as well that's one of the results that made me think maybe all is not lost at Leicester and then Leicester went back to being Leicester. I mean, games that Forrest should have potentially picked up a point, if not something. I, I would argue they got the they uh, Fulham got the right result against them because Fulham just are better than Nottingham Forest at the moment. But, you know, I think losing 1-0 to Wolves, you'd look at Wolves and go, we can go out and beat them. They didn't. You never know where how Wolves are going to score. I know it took a penalty. No, I think one thing that really kind of shook Forest was the start they had as well. They got absolutely smashed by Newcastle, got smashed by City, lost to Spurs. It just, you know, I think they got a draw against Everton as well, I want to say. It's just absolutely shambolic i don't know what they're doing to be honest absolutely surefire bottom of the table getting relegated we know it already uh, i don't see how they can claw their way out of this one are you writing forest off as well now because i mean i guess the only positive news and thing i would say about forest is i think it's nicer than that they're staying with steve cooper because i don't think he's the reason they're not doing great no but they've signed they've signed all these players and again this is nothing on steve cooper does Steve Cooper know how to handle the dressing room with all of these kind of players? Because some of them, you know, there's some talented players in that dressing room. There's some less than talented players in that dressing room as well. But, Lingard. Yeah. Pick but it is, on Lingard. But, it, but is Steve Cooper the right man to get all of that talent playing well together? And I don't think he is. But again, it's not his fault that they've gone out and signed all of these players. But I don't know. I just, I think it's the wrong, I think it sends the wrong message that you're giving them a new contract when they're bottom of the league. And I think it sends the wrong message to the players as well that basically them going, well, your performance is acceptable because we're going to stand by the manager. I see your point. Then I could, I'd say you see the opposite that they're giving the club some stability, which is much needed because I swear to God, you didn't know where, who was going, who was going. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Cooper is the stable force. And I think he showed last season that he was so good because he took basically Nottingham Forest, who looked more likely to be relegated from the championship on that amazing run into the Premier League. So I would want to give him the benefit of doubt that he can shape a, you know, a squad that's basically not functioning how it should. I think that proved last season he could. But I think it's the case of, is the time he's going to have enough? Do you know what I mean? Like It wouldn't be a surprise if New Nottingham Forest start, don't, you know get their shit together after the World Cup because that might be a blessing to them, that break. And then after that, they're starting to look more like a team because they've actually, you know, met each other. Then they get some results. But then is it a case of, you? Daniel spoke about what was the 14-point swing with Liverpool Man City? What's Forrest's swing going to be to safety and clearance and can they beat the people think, around them? I think and that's the biggest problem. The that, you know, they're, they're not picking up wins and they're not, you know, the, I know they scored a couple against you and a couple against Bournemouth, but they're not, they're not really scoring goals. They're conceding goals. And everyone knows you do that in the Premier League, you're going to be, in, you're going to be in the relegation zone, but it's not <laughs> that they're not just scoring goals. They're not creating chances either. And I think that's the worrying thing. And again, you know, having, having the World Cup might help them, but are they going to be too far away at that point? You know, they're already two wins off, escaping the bottom three and that's only 10 games in and you know if that gap keeps going because you've got to like i said before you've got to assume some of these teams a little bit further up are going to start picking up points which makes the gap 
a little bit more. Like Daniel, well, no, sorry, you think that Brentford are going to be relegation candidates this season? Like, not just like I do, I, but I think that's There's... because I'm putting a group of ten in there. I'm putting yeah. your Villa. I'm putting Everton because I still don't. I, they, Frank is that Frank Lampard doing a good job? I don't yeah. know anymore. But he's fixed the Wobi. I don't know what's happening over there. Uh, they could go to up put and that down. In perspective, Bournemouth are eight points clear of Forest. Yeah, it's so that. There's, you know there's there's already a big gap opening up between some of these some of these teams, and I just don't think I don't think they've got the players to do it. They've got the worst goal difference in the league, and but you look at Leicester who are on five points. Can Leicester turn around and pick up two wins? Yeah, they can because you know they've got. So how they played the against Forest? Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, I can't see where Forrest are really going to pick up a lot of those wins because just don't go at teams who are there for the taking. Yeah, I think the two wins that you're speaking of could be Leicester's new tech to, uh, next two matches, to be honest. They've got Leeds and they've got uh, Wolves. I think if they're going to pick up the two wins they need to really get back into the middle, middle of the table, they're the two games they've got to win. But then they've got Man City straight after that. And I think we know how that will probably go. Yep, a nice Brendan Rodgers masterclass. That's yeah. what we're talking about. That's people. what I mean. You then you then say you take Leicester out of that equation. Forest are sort of a win just away from moving off the bottom at that point. I don't know where the win from Forest is coming, though. They've yeah. they've only picked up one win this season. That was against West Ham. And I think I remember watching I I think I remember watching it and they only they only won it because Declan Rice missed the penalty. I mean, and also West Ham, they've, their form this season, I mean, their win against Fulham, like, I'm not even going to talk about the VAR handballs, but oh, there's like, that, I'm not going to, but yeah, but the performance there and then, you know, performance maybe only picking up a point against Southampton, it's like West Ham, I get it, it's like maybe too much on Europe and the burnout from last season, but then you get to a point where I'm backing them because they have all the quality players, but then, you know... Where are they going? Are they actually going to get their stuff? You're relying on West Ham not to get their shit together and you look at their squad going, I don't think this will last because there's too much quality there. If you look at the last three games, they're in the exact same place as Newcastle. Um, You know, we've been saying how well Newcastle are doing. So West Ham are a tricky one. That's what I'm saying. Everyone's in the relegation battle till they're not. Aside from Arsenal, who just seem to be absolutely blistering at the top, it seems like, you know, obviously Man City Spurs are still doing stuff, but literally from fourth down, there's massive question marks over everyone. I can't remember the last time we saw a season like this. And even from, to be fair, probably fourth, which is Chelsea on 19 points. Yeah. You know, you're only three points off them. We're four points off them. So, you know, there's there's a lot that could change just based on a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, Liverpool, if a, you know, a couple of wins, Liverpool are back up sort of around the top five in that one and again know. you know if, if Brentford pick up a couple of wins again same and it's it's really interesting you're really pushing Brentford Squiggy I just no, don't I think just... you can think of another team on top of your head after talking about no, I'm going point. I'm going through it but well, if you want to go that Fulham Fulham at one point behind Brentford if Fulham pick up a couple of wins you know they can be I know can, but like also... what Daniel said they can be in the same place Newcastle were after and a then... couple of wins in a row but then it's also like you look at this is just me being pessimistic based on our defensive right but you look at someone like Fulham and then you're like well you don't pick up wins here or pick up wins that you know what I mean then you're looking yeah. down at them going oh hey Forrest how you doing yeah I think the teams I don't think any team from Liverpool upwards has to worry about anything below them and I know that's a big a big thing to say when like my team are in there but I don't think there's anything for those teams from eight and above to worry about I think it's the rest of the teams to fight out from ninth down to 20th I think yeah. that's where I think that's fair it's gonna happen. whether that's the top eight at the end of the season it might not be because, you know, one of those teams below could go on a run. But I don't think you Castle are going to have to look over the shoulder. Brighton are going to have to say, oh, we might not get the top 10 this year. I forgot about Brighton. 
I forgot how high yeah, they were. I, I kind of wanted to touch on Brighton yeah. because Brighton's really interesting because obviously they've changed manager. They've lost Potter to Chelsea. And I don't really know. I don't know too much about the manager they've got in. I tried to look a little bit about them, but to be honest, I know nothing about them. But it's be, it'll be interesting to see if they can continue playing the same way they did under Potter or pick up the same kind of results they did. I and one win in five is pretty shocking. Yeah. I'm sure that'll be pretty disappointed with that to be honest it's yeah. the same energy that could have happened under Potter because Brighton seemed to do that you know for the last couple so you're like oh look how good Brighton are doing and then you're like what are Brighton doing I think it's I think it'll be an interesting Brighton again they're going to be fine but I don't think they're going to play as well as what they did under Potter and probably pick up as many results as what they did under Potter so that, see. Uh, pessimistic and oh, happy ending Let's wrap up the Premier League monthly and remind people to go check out season one of Football Beef, which has the players being analysed. We will have some World Cup stuff coming up shortly and we're going to wish every Premier League supporting fan that their team does well and that we, if we were said bad things about your team, we hope we're wrong and if we said good things about your team, we hope you're, we're right. Anyway, make sure to follow us at BuzzFootball on Twitter. Be sure to follow, like and subscribe. We're on Amazon, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So whichever one you're listening to us now, give us a five-star rating and a review. That would be welcome. And uh, yeah, happy footballing. Say bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Not heard the latest about pooping prime ministers? What podcast have you been listening to? Because it definitely isn't the Totally Buzz podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and totallybuzz.co.uk. So what are you waiting for? Tune in now to hear all the latest news from around the web on the Totally Buzz podcast. The only place to be totes buzzed. Football beef!